Good morning, everybody, and happy Easter to you. Filled with joy is how the Bible describes Mary Magdalene and Mary's response to finding that Jesus was risen from the dead. And maybe that phrase usually captures the essence of our worship on Easter Sunday morning, the crescendo of this series we've been following that we entitled Easter Joy. We express it in the songs that we have sung, Thine be the glory. We express it in the creativity of Lego retelling of this day and of the drawings and paintings of the Easter gardens that people have sent in to us. But Easter didn't start with joy for the two Marys or the followers of Jesus. Last week at the end of our, at the end of Lisa's talk, we used Psalm 23 to shape our prayers for these days. And I hope that maybe during this week you've found that helpful as you've remembered that psalm, a psalm about the trusting, uh, our trust of God, the God who is faithful and provides for us in times of joy and plenty, in times of sorrow, when life is smaller than it usually is. But this week, as I've prepared for Easter, another psalm has been on my mind. The great thing about the psalms is they cover the entire spectrum of human life experience and emotion, its highs and its lows. And the words of Psalm 137 verse 4 has been on my mind this day, this week. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? Words that express the anguish of a people far from the familiar lives, a distance that led to the hope they had in God, a hope that they seen worked out in their story through centuries, fading, and along it with words of faith fading from their mouths and their hearts. The Marys did not come to the tomb expecting to find life. Who does? They lived in a time of extreme fear and anxiety. Fear of the authorities and the crowds who had killed their friend, Jesus. The anxiety of all their hopes and expectations as they had for the future lying shattered in this sudden and unanticipated turn of events. They came to the tomb not looking for life and hope they came to the tomb looking for comfort people often say in the face of death i can't believe they're gone in the face of something significant ending i can't believe it's over and at times like that maybe you've found yourself drawn to things that bring back the memory of people and events and places photographs, videos. Maybe you've travelled to a place you shared which holds some, some special significance for you. Still not yet quite believing that someone or something has gone. Such is the grief we all share. Such was their grief that Easter Sunday morning. They came afraid. We know that because twice they are told, do not be afraid, by the angel and then by the risen Lord himself. 
Do not be afraid. But words, even words from God, are hard to embrace through times like this. Through times like that first Easter Sunday. Hard words. It's hard to turn words, even the word of God. It's hard for them to turn fear into joy and peace in a moment. This day, we come like them afraid. Because of the stories we constantly hear, not only in the news, but now amongst our friends and our family and our community of the way coronavirus is affecting people. And a growing unease that we are all vulnerable, even the fit and the healthy, the poor and the wealthy. No one is exempt from this risk. We come in fear because we're separated from someone who is sick or in hospital. We come in fear because we work on front lines, in hospitals and care homes, in, in retail, in sustaining the, the national infrastructure so important at this time, where social distancing is a constant battle and worry. But as we come this day, know this, the two Marys stand alongside you. For even with the joy of seeing the risen Jesus, it says they were afraid and yet filled with joy. I've been enjoying Lisa's Easter reflections this week and they're still available on on YouTube but I have to tell you and I've told her that Tuesday was a difficult one for me Tuesday would have been the 60th birthday of my dear friend Rob but Rob died last summer suddenly unexpectedly so on Tuesday night we gathered in our garden as other groups of our friends gathered in their gardens to look up at the skies. Rob, myself and many of our friends who gathered that night loved to look up at the skies, at the stars. We looked up and gazed in wonder at a super moon that night. We turned to the other side of the sky and we saw Venus shining brightly near the Pleiades down onto us. And we smiled. And we remembered and we gave thanks for Rob's life, which was a gift to us and, more importantly, a gift to his family. And we raised a glass of wine to toast him and to say thank you. Lisa's reflections that morning had focused on the feet of Jesus and journeyed. And she mentioned that she didn't know how many shoes she had. Well... It's easier for me as a man. I've gone and counted. I have 11 pairs of shoes. I'm sure that's much less than Lisa has. I have 11. I have two for every day. A pair for winter and the pair I'm wearing today for bright sunny days in the spring and the summer. I have a pair for best, for weddings and other significant events like that. I have a pair for running and sport, not that they get used very often. <laughs> I have a couple uh, pairs of old walking trainers that I use in the garden and another pair that I just use every day when it's dry. I have a pair of wellies as well. 
Actually, I then have a pair of walking trainers, a pair of walking sandals, a pair of lightweight walking boots, and finally, I have these. My heavyweight walking boots for the rugged paths. I used to wear these boots often when I went walking with Rob and our friends. We like walking in the hills. And at the end of Lisa's reflection, a sequence of maps started to appear on the screen. I love maps. And I love OS maps. So an OS map of Croxy Green appeared and a smile came to my face. And the music started, Follow Me, Follow You, Follow Me by the band Genesis, which we had played at Rob's funeral. And then the map changed. And it was a map of Dovedale in the Peak District. And it, it scrolled up the Dovedale Valley to Milldale and then to Alstonfield, a place that we know well as a family. Our friends know well. It was a place we took time to spend with each other and with Rob. And as the map scrolled up, the tears began to flow and the sobs. It's a place of good memories, but it's a place now of tears. A few years ago, maybe the first time we went there, we knew Dovedale well, so we were looking for somewhere else to walk on the Sunday morning before we all departed and went home. And we went to the neighbouring valley, a valley cut by the river Manifold through the limestone uh, lime, uh, hills of that region. We were expecting to find a beautiful, clear river like we found in Dovedale. But every valley is different. Every river has its own characteristics. And instead of a beautifully clean, dancing, flowing river, all we found was a dried-up riverbed. Not because there was a drought that year, but because the river manifold flows well and then it goes under a little bridge and disappears down a crack in the earth. And for five miles, it flows underground until it rises back to the surface near a village called Elam, near Ashbourne. You know, that day I felt the fingerprints of God as I remembered Rob and as I worshipped, uh, remembered Rob and worshipped our Lord. Signs of God's grace, signs of resurrection for me, God working in my life in the midst of sadness and death. In times when life seems hard, I think the resurrection is like that river manifold. It's not only there in times of joy, it's there in times of sorrow, sometimes unseen, but still flowing and erupting to the surface unexpectedly in surprising ways to give us life. The resurrection of Jesus is not just an event rooted in history, remembered this day, one that even in our rational age we have to try and convince each other and others about. The resurrection from, of Jesus from the dead is the promise of the constant flow of God's life through all the seasons that we face, not only in our lives but through the whole of creation itself. A sign that in the face of fear and death and sadness and anxiety, God is not absent, but is still active in our life, seeking to bring life, to renew us to life.
The resurrection of God is life at work in our lives in all seasons, bringing hope. Paul writes to the Roman church, if we are reconciled with God through the death of his son, which we celebrate on Good Friday, how much more shall we be saved by his life? Afraid yet filled with joy on the day of resurrection. So it was then, so it can be now. I cannot tell you that because of the resurrection of Jesus, everything will be well. That's just escapism. That's a lie. But I will tell you this. This Easter Sunday, in this strange season, in this strange Easter, the resurrection is flowing and active in our lives in this moment. Resurrection at work in the good and the bad times. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus that we need to have our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Peace is the opposite of fear. In these days, when the walking is tough, we need strong boots fitted to our feet. And the resurrection of Jesus and our trust in it, whether we see it or not, can strengthen our walk, make us surer on the path ahead. I pray that this Easter, for you and for me, that we will discover and be embraced and be surprised by the God whose resurrection is working in our lives and that we will continue to place our trust and hope in it through the days that we travel together with Jesus and with one another ahead.